0: But I want to celebrate the hell out of my teachers and my students and our successes every day. Because I could be negative Nelly and say, oh, it was me. We have all this stuff going on. Or I can say, did you see that amazing lesson? Here, I want to showcase this amazing lesson. Why? Because we're going to make a difference in the world. I want this kid to not only realize it, and that's the big part of it. I want these kids to see it. I want the teachers to see it. And I want the world to see it. These kids can make an amazing difference in kindergarten, 8th grade, 12th grade, whatever it may be. Why are we holding them back?
1: Welcome back to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast. Member of the Education Podcast Network. Man, I'm excited about this one today because this is Glenn Robbins. He's a superintendent at Tabernacle. I'm actually not even going to get too much of an intro because I want you... To enjoy this one and get right to it, but he is the superintendent that uh, well, he doesn't hold back. We go into you know the future of education, what we need to do. He goes into a little bit of you know some of the the teacher, edu-celebrity stuff and platitudes and all these other things that people are kind of bickering at, and he doesn't hold back. So for those reasons, I really appreciate Glenn. The reason we get to people like Glenn is because I get emails saying, and actually, I've known Glenn for quite a while. We started getting some emails like, when are you gonna interview Glenn? And so uh, we finally got around to it, and I'm telling you, you're going to thoroughly enjoy this one. So enough of me gabbing. Enjoy the passion, the fire that is Glenn Robbins. All right, joining me now is a guy I've known far too long and somebody that we've uh, been kindred spirits from afar, Glenn Robbins, superintendent of Tabernacle Township School District. Glenn, thanks for being on the show.
0: Thank you, Don.
1: So we have, we have talked many times on why change is difficult. And, and uh, you know, I, sometimes the, the, the school districts that are, you know, small, have the advantage of being able to pivot quicker, but you're in a fairly big area. You've had a reputation for moving, and I'm not just blowing smoke there, Glenn, but you've had a reputation of getting there a little bit faster. One, why is change so hard for schools? And and, and I'm not saying this in a mean way. Like, we're just going to be realistic. And two, what's been your sauce there? What's been the secret of your sauce? You guys have moved us a little bit faster than others.
0: Let's get into that. Well, I think ultimately it's breaking down the human element. I think it's looking at it almost like a coaching standpoint, you know. So I came into a district that had had been through some rough times, and um, you know I tried to utilize some of the the obstacles and built on them. So the township had just gotten together and put together a strategic plan and they had me look it over and they wanted me to tweak it so i barely tweaked it because of the time and effort they put into it and i said look we're going to run with this and they also asked me to build a brand new mission vision statement as a district so you know obviously that thing was you know i don't know how many years old and i wanted to put something on a stamp of authenticity of who we are today so we have a million different catchphrases but how do you truly get to the meat and bone of what you want to do so You know, I met with all the stakeholders. I I surveyed the kids. I talked to the kids. I met with my brand new administrative team that I had. And we put together something short and sweet. We're empathetic, innovative game changers. We think we feel we do. That's it. Period. You know, so it hits home on everything that we're trying to do to better the world for everyone else, not just ourselves. And you know what? When I met with the staff, I said, look, very simple. Fridays are dress down days. Mondays are dress down days, but you have, you know, spirit wear day. With everything that says tabernacle, you can wear. You know, if I have to dress up to be a leader, then I'm doing my job all wrong. You know, so there's days where I dress down, I got boots on, I'm weed whacking, I'm hanging cameras, you know, I'm painting the walls. Because it's a a smaller dish. we got to work with each other. But no job below me, you know. And if you want to build something that, of capacity. you got to show your vulnerability, which you've heard a million times, and I'm sure you've about it a million times. But at the same time, you know, the other day, I was folding envelope letters for send home to families with my secretarial staff. Why? Because it needed a hand. So when they work and they see me working hand in hand with them, and I say that all the time, I work alongside of you. I'm not always your boss at the top. I make the big decision. But you know what? We're there together. And if you're not in a good place or a good state of mind, That I'm doing my job wrong. I got to care about you every single day because I'm not only caring about you, I'm caring about your families. And then from there, you'll care about the kids and everything else will go from there. But you know what? It's having those meaningful, hard conversations that people don't want to have in education because there's a lot of happy, good people out there. You don't want to hurt their feelings. But you know what? You've got to have- Oh,
1: we'll get into that here in a second. (laughs) No, you know what? Yeah. Let me go back to what you said. I, I, the simplicity, like I, I let you, I let you go there for a little bit, but I was biting my tongue. The simplicity I, I, is what I dig. We think we feel we do. And you said you built around basically innovation and the simplicity of it and mm-hmm. like go uh, one, my heart's just beating faster. Like explain that more.
0: So we're, we've made a big push for design thinking, and I know that's been a fad word lately, but come on, people, it's been around for years and years and years, you know, and I've been doing it for years before I even got to where I am now. And it, used I'm a to be called, it used to be now. called
1: common sense, by the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, scary, isn't it? Yeah, well, they don't teach that anymore. Um, we're trying to bring that back, if anything. You know, so looking at it from that lens, I, I don't want, you know, a little project because it's just project-based learning. I want something that kids going to make, you know, a million dollars in third grade. You know, I push it all the time. Like you, you talk with your, your YouTubers and so forth, the people you have Skype in. It takes 40 minutes to make a $100,000 company today instead of a four-year college degree. And I hated that catchphrase, wait till we get to middle school, wait till we get to high school, wait till we get to college. So for me, I'm like, all right, how do we focus on this freelance, this gig economy that's coming upon us, that's this fastly adapting at a you know, the exponential pace that we are, and you got these kids who are playing Fortnite. Well, how do they make money off of that? You know, so for me, it's all right. So you're going to design something. You're empathetic. You're, you're trying to understand someone else's problems. You're being innovative. And you know what? I, I want you to be a game changer. And that covers everything. And I've had kids say to me before, why can't we be called something different? You know, I want to be a world changer. And I say to them, you know what, everything in the world is a game. I want you to break it down. Look at that. Because when you talk to kids about video games or a sporting event, it makes a little more sense. You know, so it, once again, breaking it down to the simplicity of it, the foundations of it and common sense.
1: I literally had to mute my microphone because I kept going, hmm, hmm." <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. And, and but OK, let, let's let's go to, to the the hard part of this. It it, it it could be that simple. Um, why does, and I, and I don't mean tabernacle schools. I just mean, let's just talk about the the behemoth that is education. Why, why do we make it so complex? Like Like, and I know there's subtlety. I know there's nuance. I know that there's a lot of variables that go in. I do. I get that. But it seems like academia has done a really wonderful job of complexity. Why?
0: Because it's easier that way it's it's easier to focus on the negatives instead of the positives. It's easier to blame and pass it off that it was a state mandate. You know, recently, New Jersey just handed out a state mandate last week about recess and gym time. You know, I got a lot of friends who are freaking out about that. I've got this new rule that has to be in effect by next week. And I just went to my principals and my curriculum director and said, okay, what's our game plan? You know, cause they know, I don't want to hear an excuse. They know that, I'm there to support them in every single way. And we'll figure out a way with the positivity, how might we Yes, and what if, you know what, and you focus on the positives of what you're already doing and blowing it up even more. You know, I just, I hate the fact that this is like, you know, people get in their Gary V moments, you know, and they, they make these excuses for me, just do it. You know, you have this amazing opportunity to make a real difference in the world. The world you know Robert Green even said it, the world has a plan for you, and you can either you know take that in and just be a, a bystander or you can say the heck with that I'm going to do something completely different, but break it down and look at it from a completely different light. I was talking to a person the other day uh, that wanted to do some kind of uh training with the staff and I said, well, what are you doing I said in the school I said, why because well, that just sounds great. And I was like, no, it sounds ridiculous because no one wants to do anything fun in a school. It's like, you know, take them out to us, out to a beach, take them out to a restaurant, take them out to throw an ax at those, uh you know, things that have been on the East Coast lately. You could do throwing hatchets at their bullseyes and so forth. Do someplace out of your realm, you know, step back as just a human being. And instead, we put these damn blinders on and that's all we ever want to do is just follow it because... It's easier that way. I have a job that way. That's what when people ask their why. You know, all right, what's your why? Yeah, I am in it for the kids. No kidding. All right, you're, you're in it for your family. No kidding. You got to pay the bills. Like, let's be serious here. Break it down even more. You know, are you there to help others? Are you there to make a true difference? Or are you there for yourself?
1: Yeah. Uh, so, A, you already had me <laughs> this. Uh, we're too much alike, Glenn. No, you, you just quoted Robert Greene and Gary Vee in one fell swoop, which I love. But uh, this has been, I tell you what, there, there's been a lot of uneasiness uh, online lately. And and some of it I understand why, and some of it we'll, we'll get into it. But when you said, like, th- there's been a lot of fire back on the empty platitudes that, that, that infect Twitter. Um, you know, the, you know, do it for the kids well of course like let's, so talk to me a little bit about like working past that obvious and getting to like you said like i re- actually you've already had. you know breaking it down um but it seems as though a lot of times we are kind of mired in the um chicken soup for the soul kind of things now personally i i understand why teachers are tired they need an emotional pickup they do Mm -hmm. Um, they're, they're, they feel beaten down. Uh, they feel, you know, like, well, heck, we were just halfway joking about this. We're going to go through a referendum in our school. And then somebody pointed out, we're the only profession that you have to campaign for a raise. Mm -hmm. You have to publicly campaign for it. So I get some of the, I mean, I, I, sometimes I defend some of the, as what people are calling the empty platitudes, because we, we need some of that chicken soup, for this whole kind of thing. However, you're in a difficult spot. Technically, I'm in a difficult spot because here I am on a podcast talking about all the things we're needing to do in education and, and the all kids are special movement isn't helping. How do you find that balance to have that warm, fuzzy, I'm here for the kids yet trying to push forward balance?
0: Well, I think we live in a society that loves social media for all the wrong reasons. It's so easy just to like. It's so surface level. It's just, hey, like what I'm doing and it looks me great. And, you know, obviously the dopamine rushes to your head and you think you're doing the right thing. Uh, You know, but at the same time, if you continue to do that trait, that means you're doing it in a school. That means you're doing it in a business. You only like surface level. You know, so, you know, one of the things that I uh, did, and I'm proud about this, was my administrative team, I made a couple of new hires, and they were not allowed to do anything for the first month of school except build relationship with the staff. They had to go and ask how many kids you got, how many dogs you got, where do you go for vacation, where do you live, because I wanted them to break down those barriers to then build up from there when they had those tough conversations. So, you know, I know for a fact that had that not happened, we would have probably had a couple of grievances or some, you know, hostility or whatever it may be because this person's out to get me. But You know, you you have to show your risk and your vulnerability as well as that. I did something where I took my entire administrative team outside one day and I said, look, I'm struggling in this area at home. I'm struggling in this area at work. I'm leading this. And I want you to all share that, too, because I want you to be able to show your vulnerability. I want you to be able to show that you're strong. And at the same time, I want you to be leaning on one another you know so you hear about all these books and all these podcasts about people talking about their empowering of others you know so you know one thing i love is what the seal teams talked about when they do it through hell week if they can get past tuesday their percentages go up and the big reason being is because they're focused on the we not the i you know and i think a lot of people forget about that time yeah And, and, and you know what too don too you gotta you got yeah. to appreciate these people and say, you know yeah. what? I know you're having a bad day. You know, we just made a brand new Zen den for our teachers and for our kids as well. So they can go in. I'm going there. You know, just because I believe in the meditation and so forth. I'm, yeah, I close my eyes for 20, 30 minutes during the day. And I'm saying that on the, your podcast. It's
1: and the needed. E- yeah, and the Eagles season hasn't started yet. So that's going to affect.
0: Oh, can so Keep going, keep
1: point, going.
0: <laughs> but you know what? For the teachers, I have to trust and, and, and respect who they are as people. Yeah. you know, and my administrative team too. And I go to them all the time saying, how can I make you better? Or how can you make me better? You know, I just gave her a speech to the very new first year staff. I went to my curriculum person and said, what could I have said differently? You know, so I'm always asking for examples and it puts them on the spot. My goal at the end of the day is to raise them and support them in every single way.
1: Wow. I, mm, wow. I, I, I can't get past it. Tell me more about the Zen Den.
0: Well, is the Zen it, Den. You know, everybody talks about mindfulness, and we've been doing that for a few years here. But right. we were fortunate enough to have a room. So we said, you know, why like, can't we? And we went it? to like, the teachers' Which
1: school? Is it inside? Like, which? It's at the middle school. Okay. It's at the middle
0: school, and I know the elementary one's making one too. Okay. You know? So high school teachers need it too, buddy. Has, has, the but, high school,
1: has the high school done it yet?
0: Well, you know, I don't have a high school. So oh, I'm wearing right, right, a right, suit. That's right. You're
1: right you're um,
0: yeah, I'm K to eight, pre K to eight. But you know what? It's got to be. You know, yeah. when you look at these these big companies all over the country and all over the world, they have their zen dens, they have bars, they have boxing rings, they have video games. You know, why can't we do that? You know, I want to have a uh, indoor uh, practice golf range inside. You know, just for people they don't even golf, they can practice and have a conversation, it takes them out of the element, and or they can just sit down and relax and practice meditation and so forth. It's so crucial.
1: Wow. I, wow. No, I, mm, I wasn't going to be thrown for a loop on how to respond to that. That is uh, like right now I'm hoping there's a bunch of teachers, superintendents and principals, parents listening to go, okay, we got to steal that. Uh, I I love that. (laughs) I I love that. Um, because yeah, I mean, we're one there's no kind of stress and there's no kind of tired, like first week of school tired. Um, (laughs) And boy, yes. uh, that that could really be a, po- a popular place. Um, but I'm also assuming that also kind of will build some camaraderie too. That's the one thing that I have to say that I miss about my middle school days is that I was always with a team. Uh, and that team had some sort of a bond. And, and I love that. And I would imagine a Zen Den would be, you know, a, re- a relaxing, awesome place to be. So, mm.
0: And you know it, It's not just that. It's also... Our hallways which are idea streets because we want them to be working outside learning anywhere at any time that's the mentality for all my staff you know and the mentality from my Ooh, supervisor yeah. that we want you to feel comfortable everywhere i want you to feel comfortable having a conversation with me at my level which i don't you know i hate using the word superintendent sometimes because it's just it's stereotypical people get afraid whatever I want them to feel comfortable at all times to have those conversations and also know that I'm also going to give them some better questions back. But you know what? That's Zen Den everywhere. I want that mentality everywhere. It's not just, you know, incubators of a little spot here and there, like, you know, your your maker spaces and so forth. That should be everywhere.
1: Love that man. All right. So like you're, you're going, I just want you to keep going. What is, what is uh, another big elephant in the room that education in general just needs to meet head on?
0: All right. Actually, Let's you know see. what? Let me narrow this down because
1: like, <laughs> I know that was so broad. Like uh, this is this is something that, like, if you have a helpful solution on, I swear to God, maybe you should run for Congress. I, I everybody admits that people in your state government didn't teach yet they yet they make policy. Um, we all admit that these tests, the state tests that you work your butt off to comply, there's no real bearing on success on. Like everybody always admits these freaking obvious things right in front of us. So a solution to possibly a crossover, and I know this is kind of a fun brainstorm we're gonna have on air, but a possible fun way to get legislatures, both national and state, to have some sort of open dialogue, Or process where they could spend time with real educators and start talking about problems and not electable stuff right just Mm -hmm. practical simple here are some things that we should try things
0: all right so you are your own logo all right everything comes out of you becomes your brand and everything from there builds your culture so for me personally why are you not inviting these people into your rooms You know, why are you not inviting them into the schools? And and you know what? If they don't answer, go to them. You know, say, look, I'm coming to you. I want you to see what's going on. You know, like this morning, I hit up the commissioner of New Jersey for Department of Ed. I said, you know, I'd love for you to come down on a Twitter chat. He says, respond back, you know, hit me up officially. I'd love to come do that. So I'm taking pride in my school and making it known that way. And then I'm putting out blog posts, putting out all these articles by my teachers, sharing and celebrating the hell out of it and saying, this is what school could be and should be. And you know what? And then when you go to have your conversations with your local constituents or whatever it may be, or your other roundtables that you have, speak up and work together. You're all in it together for the right reasons, right? But sometimes your ego gets too big. And that draw that this painsakes me because you know what, like Ryan Holiday says, no one ever says, I wish I had more, more ego. You know, for me, people have got to put that aside and look at what they're trying to do. You know, I've been outspoken at times talking about tests and so forth. We have state tests that I don't believe in uh, because it doesn't really measure who our students are. But at the same time, I'm not afraid to have that conversation with the big wigs when need to be. Heck, I went down to the Department of Ed in, in the United States last year, in D.C., and sat next to, the Bet- to see the Bose for 20 minutes. You know, that, that can go either way right now on what you're going to take that conversation. But I made it known of all the great things that we were doing, because I actually had a voice at that particular time, and I wanted it to be out there. Whether she retained it or not, I don't know. But I know I put it out there, all the stuff we're trying to do.
1: Yeah, well, and that's, boy, talk about polarizing times, like... <laughs> I I saw a couple other people that met and they're like, I, I saw some friends like, How dare you talk to her? I'm like, look, like, I don't care what your feelings are, she's there right now. You either can try to make a positive impact or just, you know, hold your breath until you pass out. I mean, one one's more productive than the other. So I'm I'm glad you did that. I also like the fact that you um, you know, like call your politician. And, and I've played that game too. And, and by the way, sometimes they're genuine, but I also know this, your kids, uh, I'm just going to be extremely practical here, but your kids are public relations gold. You know, I've, I've always told teachers, that superintendents. I'm like, you know, if you guys are doing amazing, well, first of all, pressure's on. If you guys are doing relevant things, the media will show up. A politician loves, and I'm not being mean, but politicians mm-hmm. like to show up to things that they can help take credit for. So yep. you know when you play that game, hey, look what's going on in your district. Oh, by the way, here's what we're doing at this school. Uh, you know, again, like I'm about as politically centered as you can possibly be, and yet I'll play both sides because hey, if you're just gonna if you're gonna help kids and you're gonna move things forward, then we're all good here. I don't care if you have a D or an R next to your name. I do not care. I'd actually like if there's an L next to your name, but uh, <laughs> I always sneak that in. But um, uh. I mean, like, play the game. And, uh, you know, you'll win people over if you're doing great things. And I, and I think it's, uh, and truthfully, I mean, full disclosure, that's kind of what, how you and I met. Um, you know, you're doing things and you're transparent about it. And I'm doing things and I'm transparent about it. And I, like, and that's kind of my, my last thing I'm going to touch on. There, there's also been this whole, and I know it's a give and take, but um, I, I know that we've led parallel lives where you've been accused of a bit of showboating. Uh, like oh well Glenn's just trying to and, and it bugs me because when I ask people about that I'm like what so what is he not supposed to do not talk about the good things going on in Uh it, it bugs me but the 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 pushback lately on the edu celebrity um, good and bad and ugly about that Glenn
0: well just to backtrack a second there you talked about the kids and so forth and politicians. And here's something I'm proud about. When you come to my school, and my school district, you get a tour by the kids. You don't get a tour by me. You know, so when the kids are telling the story, especially at the elementary and middle school level, you know, they're not going to hold back. So it ain't my fluff out there saying how bright and pretty everything is. It's the kids telling you exactly what they love and what they don't love about the school. Same thing when we present, the kids present. You know, I can sit up there and talk great all damn day long, but the kids hit home because they are the true ambassadors and the stakeholders of our district. They send a message. You know what? The whole edu-celeb, I've been off and on with that whole mentality for many years. I battle with it personally. Um, I'm not a fan of it. And you know what? If people say uh, I'm showing off, well, then you got too much damn time in your life to be worrying about me. You should go do something different. You know what? I'm focused on making the grass greener here and making our day better tomorrow and the next day for our kids. And if you got time to complain, maybe you could refocus that and do something positive with your kids. And you know what? At the same time, it's a mental shift. You know what? People don't always want to celebrate. But I want to celebrate the hell out of my teachers and my students and our successes every day. Because I could be negative Nelly and say, oh, well, it was me. We have all this stuff going on. Or I can say, did you see that amazing lesson? Here, I want to showcase this amazing lesson. Why? Because we're going to make a difference in the world. I want this kid to not only realize it, and that's the big part of it. I want these kids to see it. I want the teachers to see it. and I want the world to see it. These kids can make an amazing difference in kindergarten, eighth grade, 12th grade, whatever it may be. Why are we holding them back? Show them the power of social media. They can be an influencer immediately. They can have their own Twitch channels. They can do their video games. You know, I had a kid last year wear a a YouTube shirt and it had his name on it. I'm like, what is that? He goes, that's my channel. I promoted the hell out of that. I wasn't showcasing for me. It was for him. And that's what I owe it to the kids and teachers every day to love them, support them and celebrate the great achievements that they do. So showboat or showboat, whatever it may be. Like I said, you got too much time on your hands. No, Uh, no, I I love that.
1: Well, (laughs) and just your mindset of like, I I have totally fallen off the deep end. I just read a book, boy, it's going to, the name's going to, I think it's three simple steps. And there's like a chapter and a half that kind of goes on to this tangent of string theory. But basically there was a quote and he goes into the science and also the religious aspect of Mother Teresa saying, look, I'm not anti-war. I'm just very pro-peace. And I've even had to check myself because sometimes I'm so frightful of what we're not doing in education, I sometimes come across this negative and I need to check. Because what I am very excited about is what my kids are doing and what a lot of kids are doing in other school districts. It's not just the Noblesville thing. Like it's just not, like there's a lot of things going on, which is why. I do want teachers to showboat I'm using my bad air quotes now. However, the complaining of, oh, education is so terrible and we need to, and we need to, Hey, you can complain. Like to your point, you just branched it. Like you can complain or you can start making your grass greener. And I, I loved that, that quote you had because we're stuck in the most negative time. Like I, 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 I'm done with it. Matter of fact, and I th- I know that you've seen this, I've made the transition to almost all LinkedIn. Boy, mm-hmm. people, there are a lot more positive. Is the educational <laughs> crowd there as big? Nope. Is the entrepreneurial crowd there huge? Yep. Do they have an interest in education? Yep. Um, because this whole negativity of what we can't do, I'm like, bro, <laughs> yes, you can. However, yeah. and this is where I'll say this, and I'm sure this is easy for again, now I'm using my air quotes visually, guys like us do have it made, is that I work for a superintendent and a principal who is supportive of my crazy ideas. You are a superintendent who supports crazy ideas. I'll always remember the day I first started here and my principal, I was like, what if this happens? And he's like, yeah, don't do it again. Okay, but what if this happens? Yep, same thing. Like they were supportive. So it is easier for us to say. But I think to your point earlier, that is why sometimes we broadcast what we do. Like, I, I remember um, uh, someone we both admire, she just retired, Pam. You know, Pam Moran was like, oh, here's the teachers that are those crazy ones, Don. You need to talk to them. Sharing ideas with them also made me go, I should try that. If we're just in our bubble and we don't broadcast, then I don't change. I don't learn. And so I—that that is my big issue, like lately, of, of just some of the negativity out there of the edu celebrity, and like, oh, well, if you're not in the classroom, then you're not relevant. Hey, man, there's some people, like, for the record, I am still in the classroom, but there's some people I knew that spent 20 years in the classroom, 30 years, and now they're consultants. They're still valid, man. Yeah. They're still valid. Yeah.
0: Uh, I think everybody offers something. And, and you know what? If you go back to your edu celeb uh, comments and so forth, if you, if, when everybody asks me, what books you, you read? You know, I, I push it all the time that. The book that I suggest the most is Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. You know, look at that. Yeah. Talk about what these people have done. And then also, you know, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday and then Robert yeah. Greene's 48 Laws of Power. It's oh. amazing like we, we come up with these crazy <laughs> Yeah. We, we come up with these crazy ideas that like we're all by ourselves. It was going on thousands and thousands of years ago. You know what? Read into how they got over that and adverse through that.
1: Yeah, yeah, full disclosure. If you have an afternoon, read Ego's the Enemy. If you have a good solid two weeks, read 48 Laws of Power. Although the historical references that Robert Greene pulls up are, like you said, timeless. Um, No, I I love that though, Glenn. I I love that. And I'm the same way. Like, don't get me wrong. I'll read an educational book every now and then. But Yes, I have too taken that bait of wanting to read things by Peter Thiel or Robert Greene or, I mean, heck, even if you don't choose to read a Ryan Holiday book, at least Google how he became Ryan Holiday, how yeah. he got his first job and how he literally said, I will work for free to Robert Greene. That is learning. <laughs> I mean, I, I just I'd love those guys.
0: Yeah, You know what? The same thing could be said about uh, the new Indianapolis coats. Uh, yeah. Frank Reich.
1: Yeah. By the Frank way, th- th- thanks for letting us steal yeah. him.
0: Yeah. yeah. but you know, think about that, Frank. Back in the day, after he retired from co- uh, quarterbacking, was offered a job. to turned it down this raise his family. And then when he went back, said, "I'd like to take that job." A couple of years later, he said, "We don't have one. You got to take it for free." He took it for free, yeah. and he worked his way up because that's what he wanted to do. Yep. Instead of complaining about it, he sees it.
1: Well, interestingly enough, there was a, um, there was a, uh, yeah, your 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 mic just went dead, but that's okay. Uh, interestingly enough, there was a guy um, that was the Indianapolis Pacers coach. Uh, this was Frank Vogel. He's he's now somewhere else. But basically, Frank had written Rick Pitino. This is one of my favorite stories. He had written Rick Pitino when he was in college. He was like a, he was a grad student, and he says, "Look, I'll do anything. I'll work for free." And, and so he never get answered his emails. He dr- drives to Lexington holds up a sign, stays way after the game, and he's like, I'll do anything. And so Rick Pitino goes, i tell you what, kid, you know how to break down film? And he goes, well, of course I do. He didn't. He's like, start next week. He packs up his things from the East Coast, drives all the way out to Lexington, and starts learning how to do video, works for free. And then one of the Pitino's assistants gets the Pacers job, and he steals Vogel. And then eventually that guy got fired, and Vogel got – people trying to learn and find opportunities that inspires me. Vogel needs to write his own book. I'm telling you, <laughs> and I, I just love the sports metaphors, sports, everything metaphorical about sports is, uh, is, uh, truly inspiring. Cause there's, there's no excuses. You either win or you don't. So anyway, well, Glenn, as always, man, we have too much fun. And I, I value you as a friend, but I look up to you as a superintendent that is inspiring a lot. And, um, you know, going into this battle uh, of of trying to fight mediocrity with you has been a blessing. And uh, truly, man, um, I'm proud to call you a friend and I'm even more proud to call you a, uh, a fellow educator.
0: Well, I'm humbled and honored by that and saying right back at you, ditto, buddy, because uh, keep rocking it. I tell people all the time, you know what, when you're showcasing what you're doing, please show the kids work. Please show exactly what you're doing. Don't just put up some famous quote and say, I'm doing this show the work, you know, and celebrate that work. And you do that every day. So thank you for inspiring all of us, Penn. I
1: appreciate it. All right. There you go. Glenn Robbins. Thanks so much for being on.
0: All right. Thank you.